world. Oh, we're in Estevar to dig. Ah, Sean, I've been practicing this in secondary school. <laughs> oh, my bad, my it. bad. I got so excited. I got so excited. Go ahead, go ahead. I was hoping my career as an advert voiceover was coming to life. But to the point, we are going to Barcelona for Paddy's Day. They have changed the date of the marathon. So we now have the extra days leave. We have no excuses. PBs are there to be had from the 14th to the 17th of March, 2025. Myself and Sean are filling a bus. 56 people will be leaving Dublin Airport and heading to Barcelona. I am making a T-shirt for the trip. It's going to be Eric approved. I cannot guarantee the medals. That's where I draw the line. Prices are still the same, but we do need to book by June 7th. So if anyone is thinking about coming, has signed up and pre-registered, you need to book this week. And if you're listening this week, you have to put your money where your mouth is on this one because we cannot guarantee the prices after this weekend. Aer Lingus, if you're listening, fuck off. Don't change anything, but that is what we are doing. So the link to everything is in the bio. You'll be brought straight to the WeTransfer. If you're traveling with a supporter, if you're traveling on your own and willing to share, or if you just want your own room, we have every option available and it's going to be a fantastic weekend. Like Eric said, the link to that is in our Instagram bio at any given Runday podcast. With that said, it's this week's episode of the Any Given Runday podcast. Let's go. No, well, you start the you usual was... and then I'll just chime in because you forget me. As or well. I can just start it with a question. Yes. Go on, whatever you want. Hit us with a question. All right. How are you guys? Tell me, well, what is the last book you read? That's two questions, Rachel. You say you're going to ask us one question. You're, you said you're only going to ask us one. Okay, well, well forget that. How are you? Because let's face it, I don't Rachel. actually care how you guys are. So what's the last <laughs> book you read? Topically, I'm... I'm in the middle of reading a book called 8020 and Running, which I have right here in front of me. No use for a podcast, but I can prove to you guys because it's on, on, on screen here. Oh, Zoom. okay. Uh, before that, I was reading a book on Joe Montana, <laughs> which is not so topical for this podcast. <laughs> I'm reading, now this is going to be an insight into what's going on in my life. Healing is the new high is what it's called. I'm currently yeah. reading it. It's by Vex King. It's all about like... Uh, inner healing techniques and stuff it's just coming at stuff from a different angle it's actually quite nice it, 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 like it's all about creating positive relationships and your inner vibration all this kind of stuff but yeah it's actually really good it teaches you about meditating and dealing with your stuff internally and just having a more positive outlook Rachel are you expecting us to say the Beano or something or what's going on <laughs> no I'm just curious I one of my friends keeps giving out to me she keeps giving me all these books and to be honest, the only thing I've read recently is like Active Maths 4 for Leaving Cert. <laughs> if I'm not prescribing questions out of it, I'm not reading. <laughs> I know my friend gave me um, an interesting book, The Hidden Brain, all about our subconscious brain, things like that. Um, I need to read it. I keep promising her I'll read it. If she's listening to this, she knows I absolutely have not started it yet. But maybe, maybe I will start it this week. Yeah, it sounds like a good one. Uh, like even with this, it's all about the you know even just how you're feeling, how you're thinking about yourself, and how it can impact your training and your life. And the subconscious brain is important, and I suppose that's why sports psychologists get paid so much. But it's, uh, speaking of school, Rachel, I played a basketball tournament today, and I forgot how much I loved being so average at sport but treating it like I was playing the Olympic final and trying to bully everyone on the court. It was brilliant. I miss PE in school. Where you wrap up 
And it was like, this week is hockey. You had already ironed up the shins of the other person. We are. Oh, it was so good. I was so average, <laughs> below average. But it was just so much fun to be running around, not knowing what I was doing. But that's like me most weeks. So one of my favorite PE classes this year is sixth year PE. And I've just been introducing them to a whole load of sports. Like we've done everything from volleyball, where I nearly knocked myself out, to cricket, uh, rounders, just normal soccer. Like you name it, we have tried it. And like I'm here going like, okay, let's do this for a bit of fun. And the competitiveness in the class, like I actually can't keep up. And then they're coming to me about all these different rules. I'm like, oh, Rachel, they did that, they did that. And I'm like, guys, are we here like for a bit of fun or are we here like to like literally take the other team out of it? And well, it's always take the other team out of it. I, I absolutely <laughs> empathize with them. I, I go to a new level. I just get a tunnel vision and that's it. It's, it's game on, no matter what the sport. I could be racing snails across the road and I'm still going to win. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I do have a feeling, that. though, you're like me with basketball. Like, no matter how many times you shoot, you get worse instead of better. I yeah, feel like you'd so be like that. Eric. So bad. Yeah. The height is no advantage in that case. <laughs> we had two quarters and we didn't put the ball in the basket once. <laughs> 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 anyway, enough about me. Rach, what have we got on the series this week? Well, this week we are heading stateside to a place called St. Petersburg in Florida. And we have an incredible woman coming on to talk to us. And she is, I, she won't mind me saying this, but she is a bookworm. Uh, hence, I was asking you the last book you read, see if we have any good suggestions. Um, we passed but the test, Mandy, Yeah, much better than my suggestion anyway. But <laughs> Mandy is coming on. She, I mean... If you're looking for inspirational women, you just literally need to open your eyes and look around. And Mandy is absolutely, she ticks the box for inspirational. She's a mom. She works full time. She is an athlete. She's just completed her first Ironman 70.3. So like, I don't know how she's either just has more hours in the day than the rest of us, or she's just like nailed the time management aspect of it but whatever way she is definitely inspirational and um, and yeah it's just going to be a fun one to listen to so with that let's just jump straight into it and let's meet mandy looking forward to it sean hit the intro music let's go Mandy, you are very welcome to this week's episode of the Any Given Run Day podcast. Um, would you please introduce yourselves to our listeners? Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I don't know that I'm necessarily worthy, but I'm really happy to be on with you today. Uh, my name is Mandy. I am live in Florida, in St. Petersburg, Florida, and I am a triathlete and a runner and a mom. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> Well, let's, I mean, you think you're not, I suppose, worthy to be on, but I completely disagree um, <laughs> because you didn't start off like you weren't a keen like runner or triathlete throughout school or high school. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Um, you kind of came to it a bit later on. Yeah, definitely. I um, I played soccer and basketball as a kid. Um, so I just ran when my coaches made me. So in college, I um. Actually, in college, my sister gave me the book Born to Run, 
Um, and after I read that book, I was like, oh my gosh, humans are made to run. Why don't I run all the time? And so I just, I did my first 5k and pretty much after that I was hooked on running. And then, um, three years ago, I moved to St. Petersburg from Tampa and I started working at a running store here, local running store. And a lot of my friends and folks who became my training partners were into triathlon. And I was like, ah, maybe I'll give this a go. And I did my first sprint triathlon. And then again, I was just hooked. I was like, oh, this is freaking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think you you can start at any time. Like, I think people are always like, oh, no, like, I'm not a runner. I'm not a triathlete. Like, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. And people are nearly too afraid to try it. But I think you'd be like, no, like, you can go at any stage and just start. Yeah, I think sport can be kind of intimidating for people, um, especially if you're getting a later start. Some people think you have to be starting from the time you're five years old, like like um, some Olympians. But even if you look at some of the Olympian stories, some of them come to it late. So you can start at any time, really. Yeah. Yeah, very true. It's just having that confidence to lace up those shoes and just take the first step out the door. And yeah, who knows yeah. what you can accomplish? Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to go back. That's very interesting what you said about the book, because I mean, would you describe yourself as a bit of a bookworm maybe? <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely, I've always been a big reader. Um, my, one of my professions, I'm a bookseller. So I've been working in independent bookstores for about 12 years now. Um, and my background in school, I was an English major. So I've been kind of a bookish person my whole life. Um, and so reading the book really had a big impact on me. That is amazing. But it's it's amazing how you came to it from such like it wasn't just a case of, oh, yeah, I just rocked up to like athletics training one day. Like it wasn't. It was from a book, which I think it's probably it's probably not uncommon, but it's a story you don't hear about that. That is where you fell in love with the sport and you're like, I have to try this. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. It's funny. <laughs> I know. Um, and then you mentioned you were a mom. So like, I suppose for listeners everywhere, a lot of people struggle with like finding time to do things. So you're obviously a mom, you work full time and then you're still training. Um, so what's it like being a mom and trying to fit in something? <laughs> what's it like being a mom in general? <laughs> Um, well, exhausting. Um, I, as a mom, I think you kind of feel like your life is an endurance sport anyway. So I've got a five-year-old who's very active and um, kind of insane. So working around her schedule can be a little tricky, um, especially I'm working 40 to 50 hours a week and trying to train the 12 hours on top of that. So um, it's kind of a lot, but you know, I have a really good partner in Ryan. So the two of us are able to kind of coordinate our weeks well enough that somebody can be home while the other person's training. So most of my training is done very early in the morning when it's still dark out. And that is amazing. We'll get back to Ryan in a second and how you guys <laughs> met. Um, but what does your daughter make of all this? Like she's seeing her mom like do all of these incredible things. Like, as you said, you're working full time and then she sees you training because if she's very active, she must be fascinated by all of this. 
Yeah, she's um she's very she's very funny. She likes to be involved in everything. She knows if she wakes up and it's it's dark still, she knows to find me in the bike room. Um so <laughs> she she just kind of knows these things or she hears the door. She's like, "Mom, are you going for a run?" Um it's very much ingrained in our life. We talk about training all the time. Um she's gone on a couple runs with me, which has been really awesome for me it's just been so fun to watch her kind of blossom into that she loves running um and she watched the olympic um triathlons with us the men's and women's races and now she wants to go to the olympics for a triathlon that's one of the things that she wants to do when she grows up so i think it's it's a really cool way that she's growing up because when i grew up i didn't really have a concept of sport in that way like my parents weren't um active like that um so it's it's kind of fun to to share that with her um and just to see her interest in it likes coming out to the races when she can so yeah it's it's been fun that is fantastic and but it is so important for you know especially young girls to see you know what they can achieve if they put their minds to it and um, so we will definitely be checking back in with her in a few years time and yeah. see um, but it doesn't sound like you would ever force her to do it like you mentioned she comes on runs with you but I think she's is she like the dictator like does she rule the house like oh, she absolutely. tells you if she's running <laughs> oh absolutely yeah she um it's definitely on her terms um, and she, you know, she has a, she's got a sunny runner shirt from the running store. So she'll put that on when she's ready to go run. Um, but for the most part, you know, yeah, I don't push anything. Um, right now she's doing dance. Um, she's into dance, dance club, ballet, um, which is something I have no idea about. I never would have guessed she'd be a dancer because I was never interested in that at all. Um, so, you know, I took her to the dance store and I was completely at a loss. I was like, I don't know what to look for in here. I only know running in triathlon, so I'm going to have to leave it to the experts. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very much whatever her path is. I would like her to be involved in something active because I just think it's good for you. Um, but yeah, if she decides to be a, a ballerina, more power to her. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely amazing. Um, again, if she saw that somewhere, like it's about the exposure that little girls these days have. She could have seen that in a show or something. But if she sees it, she's like, I can do that. And I just think there's so much power in like being exposed to different things. And, you know, as you said, whatever path she chooses to go down, if she's active, that is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's And I try to show her, um, you know, there's a couple like this past Olympics had a lot of young women athletes. And so I would show her, especially in skateboarding, I've been showing her a couple of the young women skateboarders. Um, and there's this one little girl out of Brazil who's been skating forever and she'll dress, you know, she, I don't think she does it so much anymore, but she, when she was younger, she dressed up in like Wonder Woman costumes. And so I try to show P I try not to be too heavy handed, but I try to be as heavy handed as possible with like, this is what girls can do. I just want to make it a normal thing for her. Cause I don't think when I was growing up, even there was like this concept that women could do all of these amazing things that they can do. Like it wasn't part of my, it wasn't in my psyche that like, that's, that's what you could do. Um, Cause all the role models were boys. So I'm trying, I try as much as I can to, to be like, look at this girl. She can, she's an amazing skateboarder. She won a medal at the Olympics. Um, I'm trying to just, 
give her as much of that as possible. Yeah, that is amazing. Um, but then obviously you're doing so much for your daughter. Like, you know, being a mom is a full-time job in itself. Um, how do you fit everything in? Um, because obviously um, I follow you on Instagram and anyone who, you know, um, follows you would see that there are mornings where you maybe have a run scheduled, but your daughter wakes up early. So suddenly we're changing plans. Um, how do you like, how do you roll with that? Like, do you just have to just go with the flow? Do you like, for some people that would be really hard if they had a run schedule that I'm going for my run, but you just seem so flexible. I'm really glad that I come off that way (laughs) in the, in the moment. It's very frustrating. It is really, it can be difficult because I'm also the person, like if I have on my training plan, um, what I need to do, I'm very committed to getting that thing done. Um, and I'm also very much, I like to know my plans ahead of time, but when you have a kid, like you said, you, you have to be flexible and adaptable, which is something I've been really like learning, um, making myself learn, (laughs) or she's been making me learn. Um, and this past week is a perfect example. Like we had a really weird week with her. She had a couple weird night sleeps and then she had a fever. So my training was just kind of all over the place. Like I had a run scheduled and a swim scheduled and I, I had to refocus and do something and then swap my workouts. Um, so a lot of that is just me having to like calm my temper tantrum <laughs> and figure out a time that I can, that I can do it. And then like, you know, Ryan's helpful too, cause he's often the voice of reason where he can be like, okay, you know, you can fit this run in on Saturday and we can swap these things around and, and he'll sometimes change my training peaks. So I'm not looking at a big red circle. Cause that just fills me with anxiety. <laughs> yeah, I know it can be so tough. Um, but a few weeks ago on this podcast, having that chat with Greta and we did actually speak about that and, you know, constantly doing prehab because that's what you tend to do like home workouts when you can't go for a run, you do a lot of that. Yeah. Um, so I suppose having that voice of reason behind you in Ryan saying, you know, it's okay. You're still doing something. We can rearrange. That must be very nice and very uh, helpful. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it definitely makes me do the prehab, um, which obviously I would most, I would most rather go for a hard run. Um, but sometimes I, I know I need to like do my strength and make sure I'm not getting injured and keep myself healthy. So sometimes it works out all right. Exactly. Because I mean, there's a lot at stake, you know, if you are injured, like even just for being a really active mom, just with your daughter, just being able to do things with her, like the last thing you want is an injury holding yeah. back. Yeah, it's um actually leading up to the 70.3 that I just did. I was I had a bit of a running injury and I couldn't really run much for pretty much the whole month leading up to the race. And that was that was pretty stressful because I was just panicked that the the injury would keep me from being able to perform on race day um and even pj she was like asking me about my ankle and when she talked to me about my race she's like i know why you're nervous because of your ankle (laughs) oh that's very sweet (laughs) so yeah staying injury free is is the key i know um, but let's go on then and talk about how you met Ryan, because obviously we've talked about how he is a support, like that voice of reason, um, because how you met Ryan coincides with how you, like, I suppose you 
working in a running store. So how does someone who is so interested in books and like um, had a whole career around books mm-hmm. find themselves in a running store? What that led you to <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> when Pearl was about one, she and I moved from Tampa to St. Petersburg and I was working with, um, there's a bookstore here that I work for now, but at the time it wasn't fully open yet. So I was helping with the process of opening the store, um, because I had left the bookstore that I worked at in Tampa. So while we were getting up and running, I needed some form of income And I had approached Cody and Jana at the running store and I asked if um, they'd be interested in me having a book club there because I was like, I'd been to the running store. I loved how involved they were with community. And I thought it would be a cool fit because I love running and books. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just have a book, a book club there and kind of get all the things connected. And um, they said, yeah, we'd be interested in talking to you about a book club and also would you be interested in working here? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I was like, Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Um, And so the rest is kind of history. I I came on at the running store and um, I loved it there. I really respect Cody and Jana a ton. Um, They've really built a special place and I found a really good fit because it was, I was able to connect with um, runners here, which I hadn't been able to do yet. Um, cause I was kind of in a new town. So, um, and one of those people was Ryan, he worked at the store and a lot of the guys that worked there just became my training buddies. Like we all would run together and um, we do long runs together on the weekends and, um, just became a really tight group of friends and, um, training partners. And then, um, about a year later, Ryan and I started dating. So that's kind of, we kind of met through working together and then training together at the running store. And again, it was your love of books, which led you to the store. (laughs) I just love this whole, you know, non-conventional, like introduction to running, to working in running stores, things like that. And we better give a shout out to the running store. Obviously, it is St. Pete Running Company in St. Petersburg in Florida. And And tell us a bit about that sense of community that, you know, the store has brought to the area, especially from a fitness point of view, because, you know, Florida gets such beautiful weather all year. Well, I mean, coming from Ireland, I'm going to say it's beautiful weather all year. (laughs) You living there might be like the heat. I can't stand the heat. I just want to. Very hot. (laughs) You know, you do have the weather. That means you can be outdoors most of the year. You can be active. Um, So what has the running store done for like the community there and the sense of being active and getting fit and healthy? Oh yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it's very, I mean, it's, it's almost November and it's still 80 degrees outside. I'm, I'm starting to go crazy. (laughs) Let me just do a quick conversion here for anyone (laughs) in Europe or, um, elsewhere that doesn't use Fahrenheit. So 80 degrees Fahrenheit is just shy of 27 degrees Celsius. Okay. It's very hot. For a comparison, in Dublin right now, oh, actually, Dublin's not too cold right now, but it's 16 degrees at the moment. Woo. I think so, I take that at the moment, actually. <laughs> so, sorry, completely interrupted there to do our quick conversions. And full disclosure, 
I used Google there. I did not do that conversion in my head. Yeah, that's all right. I can't, I don't understand Celsius. I'm, I'm totally American on that. Um, yeah. So the, um, the running store is an amazing place. They, um, what I really loved about them when I, when I, at first blush, like just going in as a customer, um, was just how friendly they are. Like sometimes you feel like, sometimes you feel a little intimidated going into an athletic store. Um, you think that you have to be a certain kind of somebody, um, to go in there and they, they really disarm people with just like their friendliness and their openness. And I think that's a big part of how they've gotten so many people active in the area because they just, they're very welcoming. They don't put on any airs. They're just like, wherever you're at, um, come and run with us, just be part of the community or come and swim with us. Um, they really make it so that anybody feels comfortable. And I think that's a big thing. Um, sometimes people feel intimidated, like I said. Um, and even, you know, when I'm having conversations with customers at the store, they're like, oh, I can't run with you guys. Y'all are probably too fast. And I think just making it open and accessible, um, and fun for people is, is a big key. So they've, they've done a lot in the community and especially considering they haven't even been open, you know, I think they've been open six years, seven years now. So, you know, for that short amount of time, they've really made a huge impact and people are just completely devoted um, because they've, they've changed a lot of lives just by making the sport accessible. Which is fantastic. And again, we mentioned already about for like, especially young girls seeing young athletes, but for people who don't perceive themselves as runners, seeing a group of other people they maybe wouldn't look at and consider runners out running. Yeah. It can do wonders for the community being like, you know, as you said, you use the word accessible. Like it's something that if you have a pair of runners, you can do, you can get involved. Yeah, absolutely. And then you were obviously able to make some great connections, as you said, lots of great training buddies, things like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, they just became a family, really. Um, I consider them really, really close friends and family now um, that I've been, I've been working there three years now, a little over three years. Um, So yeah, we're just all super close and just a fun family <laughs> brilliant and what does that mean for your training like because Greta did speak about this there a few weeks ago about you know the people she surrounds herself with how do you or what kind of impact do you see that having on your own training or even just your own love of the sport yeah it's got a massive impact I mean like I said most of my training has to be done at like 5 30 in the morning so I don't often get to train with people much um, anymore but still having those people to bounce ideas off of or just for them to ask how my training is going like to go into work and to have you know Cody say oh how was your long run this morning or something just kind of have that accountability and interest you know because um a lot of people on the other side of my life think I'm completely insane for how much I run and how much I train. They don't, they don't get it. So it's nice to have people who are really invested in understanding of like why I go to bed at nine o'clock so that I can wake up at 5am to train. Like they, they, they don't (laughs) think it's crazy. (laughs) I know it's like, I, I suppose 
Talking about setting a good example for your daughter, though, that must make it great for getting her to bed if she sees you go oh. to bed so early. Yeah, absolutely. We're like, you let's just get made it bed. normal. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. But you really just highlighted how having this support network around you or this like community of other runners and athletes doesn't necessarily have to be purely training partners. Like it can be that emotional support as well, which I think, you know, running, swimming, cycling, they can be such individual sports that having that community makes it feel less lonely. Yeah, it, yeah, it definitely does. I mean, you know, I've been doing a lot of my, my cycling training on Swift, which is, um, very solitary, of course. I mean, you can kind of, <laughs> you're just it in a room. <laughs> I've spoke a lot about Swift. I think everyone who I talk to knows my obsession with Swift. But yeah, you're right. Instead of going out on the road where you can even wave at another passerby, you're in a room in your house staring at a right. screen. Staring at a screen. Yeah. But then even still, you know, you can, um, other people who do it, you can see like, oh my gosh, so-and-so was pushing this many Watts from you know, just judging from their Instagram story. Yeah. And like even that's a connection. Like it's so, it's kind of silly, but in some way you're just like that, that connects you to the greater sport as a whole. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know if you've messed around with like the companion app for Zwift, but uh, if you have the companion app open while you're cycling, you can actually like put your elbow out to signal for someone to overtake you. You can shout and ride on at someone, give them a thumbs up. (laughs) It does try and make it a bit more interactive to, I suppose, really counteract that whole, I'm in a room on my own at home. Yeah staring at a screen (laughs) and I'm sure people who don't get it and who aren't interested in sport must think like we are crazy for doing things like that yeah it's no different than a treadmill yeah yeah it isn't and I I think Zwift has done a really great job making it seem very fun and not making it seem too solitary especially because you know with your racing leagues and stuff like it, it can be very interactive so yeah, Zwift is amazing. It's a it's a wonderful invention. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, I am obsessed with it. Um, <laughs> you've heard that many times from me trying to recruit <laughs> you for teams and everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's certainly um no secret that I am yeah. a big advocate for for it. Um so I want to go on then because. You obviously, you mentioned your Ironman 70.3, but that was something you were building up to for a long time. And um, people probably listening going, oh my God, like this incredible lady is working full time. She is, I mean, you might think it, but you definitely sound like an amazing mom and you have smashed a 70.3 last month. So without even hearing any details, just congratulations like that just is an incredible achievement oh thank you (laughs) um talk us through like the lead up you mentioned like the injury fear leading up to it um but I suppose tell us about why you chose that one and talk us through like leading up to race day and what was race day like because I've never done one it is on my bucket list and I'm just so fascinated by the whole thing yeah. Um, yeah. So like I said, I was, I was into 
I got into triathlon. I really, when you're into triathlon, it becomes a, a lifestyle. Like the, the training is, it's just all consuming. Um, and you know, doing sprint distance races was super fun. Um, but I always thought that maybe I'd be a little bit better at the fat, at the longer courses. Um, because that's just kind of how my body works. So I, I, I warm up and then I speed up. So, um, I think it was about six or seven months ago, we got notice from, from Cody that a couple of people were going to be doing Augusta 70.3. And this was, you know, still in the time when Ironman events were being canceled left and right. And we were like, well, let's, let's, let's sign up and give it a go and hope it happens. Um, and you know, from when we first signed up, I was like, oh, I have ages to train. This is going to be great. Um, and it was a long buildup, but I'm glad that I had the time especially for the bike um, because the bike has always been my, my downfall. It's not my favorite. Um, and you have to get long rides in to prepare for a 70.3. So, and um, for long rides, just tell people who, cause we might have a lot of runners listening. So for anyone yeah. who doesn't do triathlon, what is a long ride? Like how long are we talking? Um, for the 70.3, we would do, I think our longest ride was probably four, four and a half hours. Um, just to get time in the saddle, just to have that comfort of, of knowing you're going to be on the bike for, for a long time. Um, and just being comfortable with, with being with your position and taking in nutrition and all that. Um, so, you know, Florida doesn't have very many Hills, so we had to find, um, places that would have Hills. So we'd drive out and, um, like about an hour away or so, so that we could ride, um, to get a little bit of elevation. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a nice long build, um, got my run mileage up and my swim fitness. And it was really fun. Um, I enjoyed it very much. Um, but yeah, then towards the very end, I had this weird running injury out of nowhere. Um, that really freaked me out because I was starting to get nervous that I wouldn't have my run fitness. I thought it would just disappear overnight. Um, so I really concentrated on swimming and biking and just hoped it would all come together on race day. Um, so then race day came, we, we drove up to Augusta and I was very nervous about everything. Um, but for some reason I was really nervous about the swim because, um, even though swimming is, I, I love it and I'm, I'm a pretty strong swimmer. Um, I had this experience in Daytona where we did a sprint triathlon and it was very cold. Um, and you know, as we said, I'm from Florida, so I'm very, I like the warm. (laughs) (laughs) Never like even stepping into the sea, it is warmer than a bath. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm not used to cold water. Um, and I was completely unprepared for how cold the lake was going to be in the lake swim. And I, I just had this insane reaction to where I like, I couldn't even put my face in the water. It was a very that swim felt very long because I was just trying to get through it and be able to breathe properly. And so I kind of carried that fear with me after that race um, through many successive triathlons that followed because I just had that, um, like I carried that panic moment with me. So I was nervous that I was going to jump into the, into the river in Augusta and it was going to be cold and I would have that same reaction. Um, so I came into the race pretty apprehensive. Um, but the race was amazing. <laughs> I mean, the swim was downriver. Um, so it was very it's fast. A dream. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, you can't hope for much more than that. I mean, it was, it was fast and, and, um, beautiful and the water temperature was lovely. Um, and the bike was really fun. It was very hilly. So it was, it was pretty scary for me. Cause like I said, coming from Florida, I don't have much experience with going downhill. So and I would that get- is terrifying. Like the speed that terrifying. you can hit on a bike. Um, because you know, at the end of the day, going back to being a mom and stuff, you can't afford to fall off and get seriously injured. Like the the impact that would have on the rest of your life, the, the parts that are not just this triathlete would be insane. Yeah, that definitely goes through my mind a lot. I mean, triathlon, you know, there's a lot of elements to it. And, you know, the swim can be dangerous. The bike can be dangerous. Um, and so when I was going downhill at a very high speed, I was very nervous um, just because I was so unused to it. It felt like a roller coaster. Like, I just couldn't believe how fast I was going. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was not my thing. But um, yeah, I was... Stats, do you know your max speed that you hit? Did Strava tell Oh, my you? gosh. I don't even. But I know that when... But I know that Ryan hit about 40 miles per hour. So... It was about, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that I was going slower than him because I was very much upright yeah. trying not to put it too fast. <laughs> um, but all said, you know, the bike was beautiful. It was going through the, the rolling hills in Georgia, and that was really nice. And I was relieved when I got off the bike, and I was like, oh, thank God. Now I can finally just run. I can do what I love to do. Um, I survived, so let's just go have fun on the run course. And I had a, a, really, a really good run, so it was such a fun race. And like your half marathon time, because that's obviously what you finish with in an in an Ironman 70.3. Like most people will be looking at that going, damn, like that's a good time without having done like a really long cycle and a swim before it. So you must have been very happy with that. And your ankle held up. My ankle held up. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel anything on the run at all. Um, I was very happy with my run. Um it was so fun. And the really cool thing about that particular race is just everybody in town is out on the streets and cheering you on the whole time. And it's just several loops up and down these same roads. So you can just, you can, you kind of just not think about it and you just run. Um, so that was really enjoyable. And the whole experience, is it something you would recommend for people? Like, will you be back? When I was on the bike, I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> Would you be a proper triathlete if you weren't having thoughts like that? That was yeah. my thought during my my um, Olympic distance trial a few weeks ago. I was like, I hate running. I hate running. And then part of me was like, well, you actually love it. <laughs> I think yeah, that's I think a lot. part and parcel with it. It really does. I think your mind goes back and forth between why am I doing this? I'm in, I'm, I'm miserable right now. And oh, but it's so much fun. And you're going to feel great when you finish. Um, so right after I finished, I was like, I don't, I can't really talk about it yet. I don't know if I'll do another one again. Um, but now that I've had some reflecting, yeah, I think I would, I would definitely do another 70.3. I would like, cause up until then my longest distance triathlon had been a sprint. So I've never even done an Olympic distance. Oh, wow. Um, so you just, made that, just yeah. like literally straight in at the deep end. I couldn't even I imagine that. <laughs> So I think I would like to um, go back and do an Olympic distance or maybe a few Olympic distance races um, because I think that might be my sweet spot. It's not as much time on the bike. 
so, you know, I still love, I I am taking a little break from triathlon training because I just needed a little brain refresher. So I've just been running and and swimming some, Um, but yeah, I'm a hundred percent going to get back into it and, and do some, do some more racing next season. Great. I have to try and think now of an argument to convince you to come over to Ireland and do 70.3 or maybe even a full Ironman. But I mean, you just think of Ireland and you think of cold water. Cold water. (laughs) No, but like it's a fear like and, you know, it's a fear that a lot of people have the open water, whether that is just the cold or the depth or the sea monsters that live down there that we just can't see. Um, But you never know, maybe um, with a bit of exposure and you never know, you might come to Ireland and conquer a colder sea swim over here. Yeah, I would love to. I mean, I, you know, I love traveling. It's something that I haven't been able to do in a while. Well, nobody's really been able to do in a while, but um, yeah, I would, I, I'd love to come to Ireland and, you know, I'm all about facing the fear and getting over it. Um, So I try and shy away too much from things I'm scared of, um, which is what I love about triathlon. I mean, for me, triathlon makes me feel so alive because so much of it are, are things that I'm kind of scared of. You know, humans aren't naturally made to swim. Humans aren't naturally made to be on a bicycle. So those things um, that you have to kind of force your body to do in different ways um, makes you really get a great sense of accomplishment because you're like, wow, like I just swam through the open water in this massive gaggle of people all trying to swim in the same direction, um, that can be kind of intimidating. And, um, you know, I, I joke about it and I'm like, well, if I can survive this swim in the bike, then I feel like the run is just cake and, and triathlon is so much about, oh, you survived this and you are alive and you just conquered all these fears. <laughs> yeah. And it is just that, like, you don't, you don't even know what you're capable of achieving until you go out and try. And yeah, you know, I think anyone who completes an Ironman, anyone who steps out of their comfort zone and like completes anything, you know, should be commended for the effort. Um, mm-hmm. And I do love your attitude about, you know, facing your fear instead of shying away from it, because I do think, you know, especially with humans, if we're, you know, experiencing any form of anxiety or stress, we like to stick to what we know. We like to be like, no, I know that I'm happy here. I know that, you know, I enjoy running, but you're just like, nah, running, got this. Let's go further. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love triathlon for that reason. And I think I grew up being, I grew up pretty apprehensive about a lot of things. And I think I was, allowed to shy away from the things I was afraid of. And I think I missed out on a lot of experiences because of that. And, um, so I feel like I'm making up for lost time a little bit. Like if I feel apprehensive about it, I'm like, well, that means that you should probably do it. And that's kind (laughs) of, um, that's kind of my approach with parenting PJ too. Like she kind of has those same things that I had and I can, I recognize that in her. So I try to give her these gentle nudges and gentle pushes um, so that maybe she gets an earlier start on doing the things that she's afraid of than I did. (laughs) And then she will be crushing it in a few years time, whatever she decides to, to do. (laughs) That is fantastic. And 
So I did want to ask you as well, um, yoga has always been a big part of your life. Uh-huh. And how do you find that go? Do you find it goes hand in hand with running or what is the reason why you've practiced yoga for so long? Yeah. So, well, the reason I practice yoga, again, my sister who gave me the book born to run also, um, talk about people who does do things out of their comfort zone. She, um, kind of out of the blue decided that she was going to go to yoga, yoga teacher training and she started teaching yoga. And, um, I, to, to pad her class numbers, I would go to her classes every week. And, um, she's really the reason that I got into it. She would teach hot yoga and I would drive, um, from Tampa to St. Petersburg once a week to go to her class. And, and then she opened up a studio. So she's really the reason that I kind of got into it. Cause otherwise I don't think yoga would have fit on my radar. Um, but I'm so glad that that happened because yoga can help so much with your, um, obviously your flexibility and your mobility. Um, but it also is a, is a lot to do with body strength. So when you're using, when you're doing yoga, you're doing a lot of like, body weight strength and I think for running in particular that's really important because it strengthens up all of those stabilizing muscles um, and really helps with injury prevention um now to be perfectly honest my my yoga class roster is not quite as robust as it used to be because <laughs> I'm the sure training. everyone listening is going well obviously how do you have a minute for yourself <laughs> um, And would your sister have been any of like, would she have had an influence on why you chose to move to St. Petersburg? Oh yeah. Well, um, she, I have two sisters here. And so the reason that Pearl and I moved here was, was basically to be closer to them. Um, we needed some family support and we needed a support structure and it just didn't make sense to stay, you know, a 30 minute drive away. So, um, yeah, they definitely were the reason I came to St. Pete, um, just so that we could be closer. And my oldest sister has a little boy. So I wanted the cousins to, to grow up together and be close by. So yeah, they're absolutely why I'm here in St. Pete. So it sounds like your sister has definitely given you a lot in terms of, you know, setting you on your path, like with yoga, with running, all things like that. We all need a sister like that. And um, yeah, why not give her yoga studio a shout out? People might be interested. Um, is she on Instagram? Yes. So she owns the Body Electric Yoga Company, and they're in St. Petersburg. And they have the Body Electric Yoga Company, and then they have um, they opened up a gym um, right right prior to the pandemic lockdown, actually. Um, and that's the B Athletic. So yeah, they've got a yoga studio and um, a gym and the gym sort of focuses on mindful strength. So they do a lot of like weights and like, you know, pumping iron kind of things, but with mindful movements and it's a pretty cool concept. Um, so yeah, the body electric yoga. Amazing. Um, so definitely anyone, you know, who's interested should try any form of yoga because, you know, yoga can be done as your prehab like it is a good form of prehab or of that strength work that you know as runners we neglect but we do need yeah absolutely and I tell people a lot you know at the running store when I'm doing fittings for people um to start with yoga because 
you know, sometimes you can be a little lost when I'm just like, okay, you need to do some more strength training. But with yoga, so many of it is um, single legged stance and long holds. Um, and that goes a long way in building up those, those stabilizing muscles for injury prevention. Um, and a lot of people say, well, I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible, but that's, you can do yoga <laughs> no matter what. Yeah. You don't need to be flexible because like, if you think running or even cycling to an extent, um, it's just a whole series of single legged motions. Yeah. Like whether it's running, you're just hopping from one foot to the other cycling. Okay. Pressure down on one foot, pressure down on the other foot, even swimming. Okay. Pulling with one arm. Okay. Pulling with the other arm. So yoga sounds amazing for that whole, like the single limb aspect of it. Absolutely. And I think too, with, with swimming, I think I took to swimming so quickly. I mean, I grew up swimming just because I live in Florida, but I think, um, I took to it because yoga also creates in you a body awareness. So you have an idea of what all of your limbs and muscles are kind of doing at any given time. And with being in the water, like I said, being in the water is not our natural state, right? We didn't, we're not fish. So having some kind of body awareness is, is pretty important for, for being able to swim with good efficiency. And I think that doing yoga um, helps with that also. So it is definitely something to check out for, and like even just to feel good about yourself. Yoga also has that real, you know, just feel good kind of element to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to throw um, a few questions at you at the moment. Um, so what bike are you using? So this is just kind of quick fire, just a bit more. What bike are you using and your opinion on it? <laughs> um, well, I have a Quintana Roo TT bike, which to be perfectly honest, I've not mastered the aero bars yet. So I do all of my outdoor riding on, on my Orbea road bike, um, which I love. I love both bikes. You know, triathlon is one of my qualms with it is that it's such an expensive sport. Um, and you can, it, it can be frustrating when you're racing because you know, you're faster than people, but they, have all this speed built into this bike that they spent thousands and thousands of dollars on. So, um, but you know, I've never spent more than $400 on a bike. <laughs> so you're um, it, which is fantastic. You know, it yeah. shows that if you want to, you can, you can do it essentially not on a budget, but you can do it cheap. You don't have to be spending the tens of thousands of euro. Exactly. Right. Okay. Shoes. What shoes are you currently wearing? Actually, I know what ones you're wearing because we need to actually talk about this. So my quick fire round of questions is going to turn into, um, obviously talk to me about the shoes you're wearing and then talk to me about your adventure with this company. <laughs> yeah. So I was just brought on as a Skechers ambassador. Um, and it's kind of funny because a lot of people hear Skechers and they don't think um, performance shoes, which completely makes sense to me because I didn't think performance shoes either when I first heard about Skechers. Um, but we've been carrying the Skechers shoes at the running store for about a year and a half now. We started with the Skechers Razor and it's um, a really fun shoe, actually. Like I put it on. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so fun to run in because it's super lightweight which I love um and it's very it's firm but bouncy um it gives you a lot of good energy back so I, I kind of fell in love with running in the shoe a while ago 
um, just because we carried it at the store. And throughout the year, um, I've been able to try out different models. So now I got on as an ambassador, um, I have a bit more options to run in now. So um, they sent me um, the Speed Freak, which is their carbon their carbon shoe. Um, and it's so, it's so nice to run in. Um, so I'm wearing, I'm wearing the speed freak for kind of my tempo work or like the longer intervals and stuff. And then, um, I've got the Skechers excess for kind of my longer tempo, some, some speed work, longer runs. Um, and then I just got the go run eight. We have not run in yet, but I'm, I'm excited to give that one a go tonight. Well, and I think that's probably one of the more common ones, the Go Run series. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I ran in, I ran in some of the the older models. So I think I ran in, I ran in the six and the seven, um, and both of those were great. So I'm excited to give the new ones a shot. Um, and it's also cool because Meb, who it lives in Tampa, he's a you know Olympic marathoner. He runs with Skechers, so it's kind of I'm like, how can I make this a way to meet Meb? <laughs> I think we might need to start a campaign. Yeah, right. <laughs> Cody and Jana be like, let's do a night with Mev. Reach out to him, yeah. get him into the store. That would Absolutely. be incredible. No, but it sounds like you have a fantastic journey ahead with them. As you said, you're only just brought on as an ambassador. And um, so it's really exciting. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be plenty of opportunities for, you know, trying different products. And it, it just sounds amazing. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's so fun. Great. Um, so going back to my questions then, we'll probably, um, you know, obviously I'm trying to hopefully inspire a few women. You know, I'm, I'm really trying to make women more aware that, you know, just because you're female in sport doesn't mean that we have our, we don't have limits. Um, if we understand our bodies, understand, you know, that it's okay to fit this around your schedule. It doesn't have to be a be all and end all. You know, I'm really mm-hmm. trying to get that message across. Um, are there any books out there that you would recommend to people that kind of give off that really inspiring, like you can do this if, you know, we can all achieve if we put our minds to it. What would you recommend? Oh, yeah. Um, Man, I recommend so many, but if you're going to pick out just one, um, I mean, I will say more than one, but my favorite is Dina Castor's book, Let Your Mind Run. Um, When I read that, I was just floored by her experience um, coming up as a young runner. She, she's just, her story is amazing. um, And all of her accomplishments are incredible. And it's just, it's so inspiring. And it's not, it's not like you're reading it and you're saying, okay, well, this is an Olympian. I'll never achieve that level. She's, she makes it so relatable, um, particularly I think to women, but I think everybody should read it. Um, Just in finding your, pushing your limits, just like figuring out something you want to do and going after it. Um, And she talks so much about, the mentality of training and racing and a lot of that I've carried with me um, since, since reading the book, just, just having that positive outlook in your training um, and positive self-talk and just, just how far that can take you in accomplishing what you want to accomplish. Um, So definitely Dina Castor's let your mind run. 
Um, I also love, there's a book called um, Why We Swim by Bonnie Sue. And I loved that book because it has this very cool anthropological history of humans in the water. So it almost does what Born to Run did with running, um, but with swimming. And so she talks about just kind of how humans came to be in the water, how we inhabit the water and why we keep returning to the water as sort of a place where we can find mental clarity and um, just how much our relationship with the water can impact our lives. And so I loved that one. Um, And of course, Born to Run, if you're the one person in the world who hasn't read it yet. (laughs) Um, I loved that book so much. Um, For a long time, it was kind of, I I joked, it was my running Bible. So um, that book is still um, in my top, top 10. Um, And I just finished Helle Friedrichsen's book. um, I think it's called In Pursuit of Victory. And it's just her story, again, kind of unlikely um, because she was a swimmer forever and then just kind of picked up triathlon and, of course, you know, became a world champion. So I think Helle Friedrichsen's story is really cool, too. Amazing. So some great options to check out. If anyone is interested, I'm sure there are plenty of other book lovers out there. Well, Mandy, thank you so much for coming on to chat to us. Um, It has been really inspiring to hear everything about how you juggle your kind of training, your working, you're raising an incredible young lady. Um, So thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I hope some people find some inspiration there. And if you are looking for the definition of Wonder Woman, it is the person I am talking to right (laughs) here. So thank you for sharing all that with us. And we wish you the very best in whatever challenge you decide to set yourself next. Well, thank you so much. This has been really fun. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad. And we will talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good.